Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. Journey, welcome to Pastor Jeffrey today. All right. Woo! Don't you just want to cheer sometimes when you think about the goodness of God? Yes. Well, hey, grab a seat. Uh, hopefully your own. And uh, I just want to say thanks for spending your last Sunday here. Where else would you be? There's no place better. Now, we love uh, Pastor JJ and Liz. We really do. And sometimes as a guest speaker, you're supposed to like do perfunctory things, like kind of, but we love them. You tracking with me here? You have amazing pastors. You do. And it's not, it's of course not just Pastor JJ and Liz, but they set the tone, they create the culture, and you have an incredible team of people who are, are leading and taking journey into this next chapter. And as an overseer, as a friend of JJ and Liz, we've known them, Joanne and I have known them since they were 19. So we got dirt on them. How many of y'all know, aren't you, aren't you grateful that everything's under the blood before Jesus, right? But we love what God is doing. This is one of the great churches in America. You're part of that. You are the church. So you don't just come here, you are the church. And you know, JJ is a voice to the nation. Uh, as a director of CMN, we, we've planted 4,080 churches, and every one of those counts, because it's a gospel portal for hear, people who don't know Christ finding hope in Jesus. You're part of that. In this crazy COVID-filled 2020, we got to plant 191 churches, and you helped with that. And Journey Church, we want to say thank you. Thank you for the generosity. Thank you for your prayer. And thank you for letting us um, lean into Pastor JJ and Liz as they help train and as they are our voices on behalf of the Church Multiplication Network across the Assemblies of God into the Capital C Church. So I just want to say thank you. And by the way, it's good that they're gone, but it, it doesn't always need to be quarantine that puts them away. Y'all pastors need breaks. Now, you have a great healthy system, but I'm just reminding you, it's critical for us to, in order for the best days to be ahead of us, you got to stay healthy in every season. And a Sabbath, a break, a sabbatical, unplugging is so critical. So I just want to say, JJ and Liz, we love you. I talked with JJ yesterday. And so, but hey, listen, I get to teach and I'm fired up. Now you're like, you don't even know if it's going to be good or not, right? But I'm just promising you God's word is anointed and powerful. I want to introduce my family. So wherever I travel, anywhere across the world, United States or in my own city, our family's praying. On the far side there is our youngest son, Josiah, and his girlfriend, soon-to-be fiance, eventually wife, Maria. We told him, you mess it up, we're keeping her, you're out of here, okay? <laughs> so, and then my wife there, my beautiful wife, gift from God, best friend, been dating now 33 years. Yeah, we've been married 26, and it just gets better, sweets. And uh, she, is that what you want me to say, honey? I had it right here, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Now, so I'm Norwegian, my wife is Samoan, and so something is pillaged and burned every day at our house, and so the key is to pillage before you burn, but, um, and then on the outside, there's Justice, our oldest son, 
And you might recognize JJ and Liz's son. We, we share a name. And uh, they were so gracious. They called and said, is it okay if we name our son Justice? We're like, of course, we'd be honored. So JJ, I, I share that with your people. And so, uh, and more, mainly Liz, I share that with people. And then uh, next to Justice is his wife, Brittany. They're youth pastors at the church. We planted New Hope Church uh, just outside of Seattle. We have five campuses around the Puget Sound. And uh, JJ was our first guest speaker that was at New Hope Church when we were at the movie theater. And as always, he pointed people to Jesus. So good. All right. How many all 2020 best year ever? <laughs> That's good. All four of you should join a small group and write a book and then we'll read it, right? Okay, we're going to talk today <laughs> about faith and fear because you all have experienced it in 2020, but guess what? Just because the calendar ticks over and it's a brand new year, how many of y'all, you're going to write 2020 when you have to on stuff, but it's going to become 2021. It doesn't matter if the date changes. Faith and fear are something we wrestle with. And I'm going to keep coming back to this, but faith and fear live right next to each other. And you have to decide which one you're going to invite over. Okay. Now let's just start with this true story. I want to introduce you to Larry Walters. Larry is a resident of Southern California, and he simply got bored with life. And so he decided he wanted to see his neighborhood from a different perspective. So he went down to the local Army-Navy surplus store. He purchased, true story, 75 used um, weather balloons from the military. He brought them home. He tied them to a lawn chair in the back of a truck that was tied in. He got into the lawn chair after filling the, the balloons with helium. He brought with him three things. He's a planner, a BB gun, <laughs> six pack of beer, and a PB&J sandwich. How many of y'all know a PB&J hits the spot sometimes? He gets into the thing and the person who was an onlooker said when they released the ropes, it was as if he was shot out of a cannon. You've seen a kid at the park with a balloon. Imagine 75 weather balloons filled with helium, and he decided he needed to see things from a different perspective. Well, Larry Walters, mission accomplished. Because as he shot up into the air, he said, I'm just going to observe things from a different perspective and relax a little bit, and when I want to go back down, I'll just shoot some of the balloons out. Which sounds great if it was tethered to a wire, you know, somehow, but it wasn't. And if it wasn't windy, and it was, and two and a half hours later, he is in LAX airspace, and a pilot of a 737 comes on to the tower, and he says, uh, I want to report a UFO. I see what looks like a man lying perfectly still in a lawn chair with a rifle across his chest. <laughs> you can imagine this got the authorities' attention. Well, somehow, eventually, the, the LA SWAT team was able to lasso him and pull him back to the ground. He was fined $4,000. It was later reduced to $1,500. And he was interviewed by a local um, writer from a paper. And I'm going to give you the journey Christian version of his answers because uh, there's three questions, okay? Uh, the first one was what uh, the question was, uh, were you scared? What I can share today with you is his uh, answer of yes. <laughs> and uh, he had a lot more to say. Um, the second thing was, would you do it again? And again, journey version, um, no. Okay. And then finally, um, why'd you do it? And this is why I share this story. Because he said this. He 
says, I just got tired of sitting around. And I thought, isn't it, isn't it like us sometimes that we get bored with this thing called life and think we have to invent or create or do something when God says, I just want you to live a life of faith and follow me and you'll go on the adventure you never even expected was possible. But sometimes we choose fear over faith. Isn't it true as a follower of Jesus, we, the moment, and by the way, baptism folks, where are you at? Come on, air fives. We are celebrating with you. And let me do this, because some of y'all are going to choose in this group here, you're going to choose to get baptized today, and we celebrate that. And isn't it true, if you're older in your faith, not brand new Christian, you can sometimes start with such confidence and zeal and fervor. Like, I'm going to read the whole Bible in two hours. Like, yeah. And then you get like, Genesis, woo, Exodus, yeah. Leviticus? Why is that in there, right? And things start to stack up. Difficulties, disappointment, fear, unanswered prayers. Like, if God is good, how come? And you fill in the blank. And our faith gets attacked and it gets beat up. But our faith is actually unstoppable when it's in Jesus Christ. I put it in my notes. It has nothing to do with the talk, but I feel like someone needed to hear it. When you're feeling buried, you're actually being planted. So just don't give up yet. The writer of Hebrews tells us this. Hebrews 11, 1 and 6. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Like that seems confusing. That's what makes it faith. It's being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. We're trusting in something and someone we can't see. And isn't it true? We can feel God's presence. We can feel his power. We see his hand. We see the, the, the handiwork of his creation. And go to verse six. Without faith, journey, listen. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You know, every one of us in the, in the inside of who we are, we have this desire in our divine design to please and to honor God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why? Because everyone who comes to him, anyone who comes to him, must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who what? Earnestly or diligently, your, your translation might say, earnestly or diligently seek him. Let's just pause for a second. What do you earnestly seek? Some of y'all are single and you're like, I'm single and ready to mingle. I'm seeking... I'm thinking that Mr. or Mrs. Wright. Some of you, you're, you're seeking uh, financial freedom. So I've been shackled with, and I've been broken down, and I'm just looking for freedom. Maybe for you it's health. Maybe it's a promotion you've earnestly sought. And, and, and the writer of Hebrews says that God earnestly honors those who earnestly, what, seek him. And our faith is bolstered and it's buoyed when we put our attention on the right things. But isn't it true, so often we're distracted by those things that we think will bring fulfillment or satisfaction only to have get them and discover they're empty. Yeah. Now, there's a tension we live with if we're a person of faith. Because the moment that you are gonna step out in faith, I already alluded to it, the moment you wanna step out in faith, fear rises up. You say, I'm gonna begin to honor God with my finances this year. Ugh. Can I trust God? You heard Pastor Joey talk about this is a tithing church. What does that mean? It means we honor God with what he blessed us with, right? What about this? You say, I'm going to begin to forgive or I'm going to extend for forgiveness or receive it. And the moment I'm about to make it right in that relationship, maybe, maybe you have a fractured family con con 
going on and you're dealing with the pain of it. You're saying, can I trust God? The moment I'm going to step out in faith, fear rises up. Well, what if? And she said, no, can you trust God by faith that he's going to bring healing and reconciliation? Maybe you're saying, listen, I've been on the bench. I've been observing. I've been watching this great church, but I've not been, I've been not in the game. And you say, I'm about to get out of the stands and into the game. Faith, the moment you step out in faith, fear rises up. Faith and fear live right next to each other. But you have to decide which one you invite over. And I'll say it this way. What gets our attention determines our direction. Maybe another way of saying it, what gets our attention determines our affection. Because what we focus on is where we go. And you can say, I'm, I'm going to just lock in on my fears, or you can lock in on your faith. And what gets your attention will ultimately determine your direction. Now, you might say, listen, I, I want to trust God. And I did two months ago, but then you don't know the story of my life. You don't know the pain. You don't know the disappointment. You don't know the rejection. You don't know the addiction and, and abuse, and you don't know. But here's what I want you to hear. God does. And he meets us in our brokenness. He meets us in our uncertainty. He, he doesn't just come for those who everything's figured out, because guess what? No one does. And I want you to hear this. We learn to trust God by taking steps of faith, not steps of fear. And too often in scripture, we see people just like us who chose fear over faith. And then God says, I'm still going to give you an opportunity. You're like, who are you talking about? All of them. Yeah. Read any of the Old Testament, New Testament characters. All of them wrestled with uncertainty and fear because faith and fear live right next to each other. So here's a question maybe we should really anchor ourselves to. Who are we putting our trust in? Who? Right? Because the reality is you don't build the house roof first. You start with the foundation. And your faith has to be anchored. It's got to have a foundation that is Jesus Christ. So here, here's who at Journey we anchor ourselves to, Jesus Christ. And the writer of John, John chapter 1, verse 14, we'll get there, but verse 10 and 11 say, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. So Jesus shows up, but people who should have known didn't. Yet to those who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to be called or become children of God. So here's what this means. Everyone's eligible to know God. And the moment we lean into faith, we become part of the family of God. In verse 14, this describes Jesus. The word, notice it's capital W, that's Jesus. The word became flesh. We just celebrated this. Emmanuel, God with us. That's the story of Christmas. Before he could be our savior on the cross, he was our baby in the manger. He was Emmanuel. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He was not content to be out there somewhere far off, distant from you. He loves you so much he wants to be close to you. And describes him, we've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son, which that sounds like John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. See the beautiful correlation and connection. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of... Let me, let me ask this. When you get cut off in traffic, what are you full of? When you get your test back and it's a grade lower than you were expecting, and your friend who didn't study got a higher grade, what are you full of? 
When the guy that you like, ladies, reaches out to your friend, what are you full of? Oh, we're going there. Listen, Jesus was full of grace and truth. You're like, well, that's so good for Bible people. That's good for every people, for all people. That's good for you, and that's good for me. Why did Jesus come to earth? People say, because we were so bad. No, it's because he's so good. We get stuff out of order, and we think it's all about us, but it's all about him. And when he meets us, something happens that we couldn't do for ourselves. Sometimes we need outside help to experience inward transformation. And that's what the gospel brings us. What did Jesus come to do? Luke 19, 10. He came to seek and to save good people. No. Aren't you glad that he came to seek and save the lost? I wrote this in my notes because I think it will help some of us that we must learn to remember and remember to forget. Let me help you with this. We must learn to remember that God is good in any and every season. That his goodness is not contingent upon my faithfulness. He invites me into faithfulness, but he is faithful always. And there's some things that we have to remember to forget. I, I, do you ever hold on to stuff that you should let go of and let go of stuff you should hold on to? What do you need to remember to forget? That you're not who you used to be. That you're not that person that is marked by brokenness and addiction. That the abuse isn't the best part of your story. It's the redemption. It's God meeting us in our brokenness. Why? Because he came to seek and save the lost. Let me say it this way. Broken people are God's specialty. Turn the person next to you and say, he's talking about you. Broken people are God's specialty. Because the gospel is good news. That's literally what it means. The gospel's good news for broken people like me. You know, sometimes professional pastor people like me say it like this. The gospel's good news for broken people. And like, your face doesn't know it, <laughs> right? It's not, but the gospel's good news for broken people like me. It's for all of us. I love this anchor verse in, in Hebrews chapter 13. It says this, it describes Jesus. He is the, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't raise your hand and point at someone, but have you ever been a little moody? Okay. You're like, huh, you didn't say anything about my head nod, right? Aren't you glad God doesn't have bad days? That he doesn't like um, not get enough sleep and wake up ticked for no reason? Aren't you glad that God is unchanging? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let me describe some of his qualities and characteristics, but let me first introduce you to uh, one of our dogs, Boog. How many are dog people? How many are cat people? I should have asked how many of you are good people and how many are bad people, but that's a, that's a whole nother, that's a whole, that's a whole nother message. It's a whole nother series, JJ. So this is Boog, okay? And Boog is, uh, sadly, he passed away this August. Long story, I don't want to cry, so don't make me tell it, but he died as we were leaving Washington. We moved from Seattle to where we live now in, in Springfield. So he passed away. He's like, I'm a Washingtonian. I refuse to cross the border. So anyways, it was painful. In his life, though, he was a wild animal. Now you look at him and you think, I don't see it. 
Well, he's pug and Norwegian elk hound. So a pug is like that big and a Norwegian elk hound's like that big. How that happened, not sure, but it happened. And so boom, Boog's here, right? Boog was one of these animals in the Norwegian elk hound. They would chase their prey when they're with the hunter till they, the, the prey was exhausted. So they were stamina chasers. They would pursue and pursue and pursue and they had just, they just never quit. So Boog sleeps on our, the stool in our living room and you've all seen Apple TV and what happens is you play these, you know, some, uh, uh, some album on there and pretty soon the album cover drifts off and these beautiful pictures of meadows and mountains, like incredible glaciers. But there's also these predators on there. There's a lion and a cheetah and a polar bear. And every time this little shoebox-sized dog would sleep on this stool and he would see these animals, he would go crazy. And the first time I'm like, <laughs> that's so funny. Because he'd go from a dead sleep to, and he would try to jump up onto the, the, the um, TV stand on the mantle. Now he's that tall. He's not getting up there. But he's unrelenting because it's in him. It's in his nature. We'd put him outside and he would go crazy outside because he thought, well, they're not in there. They must be outside. <laughs> Let me talk about God for a second. Every time God looks to you, every time you look to him with repentance, with help, with a simple prayer, like, is it every time? Every time. Why? It's, it's his nature. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We read in scripture, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance, not his anger. And some of us think God came because we're bad, right? But no, it's because he's good. And because he loves us so much, he was unwilling to live without us. So what happens when I've experienced grace and the truth of God, the healing, the reconciliation, the restoration, and now purpose and peace, I need to be a dispenser of it. I joined Jesus on his mission. Listen, Journey Church, you have a job to do in your high school, in your, with your coworkers, and your classmates, and your neighbor, two lockers next to you, that, that family member that you, you, you've had conflict with. They need to see the love of Christ in your life. Why do, why do I say this? Because that's what Jesus says. And he's our anchor. And that's who our faith's in. We, we read, I believe, the greatest message ever. Pastor JJ, a world-class speaker. But Jesus was the best. And here's what he says. Let your light shine before men. What he's saying is you are like a walking billboard for the grace of God. You're a, a constant reminder of just how good God is. That God meets us in our brokenness. He meets us in our wholeness. He meets us in every moment because that's who he is. Let your light shine before people, before your neighborhood, your coworkers, before your online influence, that they might see your good deeds, your life, and glorify who? Your Father in heaven. That's faith in action. And I want to tell you what faith looks like, because I believe faith is not just, I do a really good job for about an hour and 10 minutes on some Sundays that I'm here. Oh, these, this is critical. It's valuable. This is the team huddle, and then we go out and we run the place. But faith has to be lived out, and it has to be practiced and carried out. God has put you, every one of you, in different places. We're going to get in our cars in a little bit, and we're going to go to different places. But we're going to have the same purpose. 
And this is how God uses the church because he strategically positions some of you at that job and that job and that community and that neighborhood and that university and that college. And, and he puts different people in different places with the same purpose. When Joanna and I moved from just outside of Seattle to another part outside of Seattle to plant New Hope Church just over seven years ago, the same day we moved in, uh, a couple, Justin and Amber, moved in next to us. They were a, a young couple, about 15 years younger than us. They had little kids. We had teenagers. They didn't have a fridge, so my wife's just always looking for ways to just practically show the love of Christ, but not make a big deal, right? Isn't that cool when it doesn't have to be, hey, did I get a picture of this, right? So she just lives it. So she loaned them this uh, little fridge, simple, but it was a big deal to them. We'd never met them. Well, they finally got their fridge. They brought it over. And at this point, I'm trying to connect with my neighbor however I can. Now, he's not a project. He's a person. P.S. That's a critical note. Because when someone finds out they're a project, they feel used rather than loved. But we, we had what I would call a man-nod relationship. Every time he would mow his lawn, I would mow my lawn, which was good, except if I had mowed my lawn the day before and then he mows his lawn the next day. Like, all right, back out there. And he would wear a flat bill, doesn't matter if it's summer, hoodie and earbuds. So my relationship with Justin for probably the first five and a half months was this. I call it a man-nod relationship. You're like, what's up? And we would do that. Like the few times we would make eye contact, you're like, what's up? And like, we're, we're really bonding, right? But for a guy, that's like a paragraph of words, right? Okay. So that's a marriage conference. But... Uh, I'm like, I'm just trying to get an inroad into this dude's life because faith practically looks like being a friend. We think it's fancy. It's not. It's just be a friend. Well, our boys are playing catch with a football in the backyard. Ball goes over the fence between our houses and it's, uh, their gate's locked. So Amber lets Joanne know online, hey, the ball fell over here. We'll have Justin bring it over. This is like six months in now. And he comes to the front door. Remember, this is my man nod buddy, okay? No hat, no hoodie. And he hands me the ball. And then he doesn't leave our porch. I'm like this. I don't even know what to do. I, I've never been in this part of the relationship with him. So I just said, hey, how you doing? Which, by the way, sometimes we think we have to have fancy. You know what I didn't do? This is going to shock you. I didn't give him any of my sermon series. Uh, powerful but he wouldn't care. I didn't say, you know, I, 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 wanna, I wanna quote a verse I've been memorizing. <laughs> and then I go King James on him, right? Thou saith, no. I'm just like, I just asked, hey, how you doing? And then he starts to open up and he says, you know, I, I, not good, I just lost my job. I'm like, oh man, I'm sorry to hear that. Did I get some anointing oil and splash it on him in that moment? <laughs> no, I believe in anointing people, but that would have been weird for him. I just said, dude, I'm sorry to hear that. And then he says, hey, I know you have that church thing you guys do. Like, maybe we might come check it out sometime or something. I'm like, okay, cool. We, we would say at New Hope, you're always invited but never expected. And it takes the pressure off. That's what I told him. Hey, listen, you're always invited, but you're never expected. They showed up the next day. That was a Saturday. Show up on a Sunday. <laughs> I saw him the next time he mowed the lot. Here's what he says. I didn't really like it. I was so encouraging as a pastor who had <laughs> quit my life where they had a job and benefits and they paid me to volunteer and start New Hope. And 
But he said, my wife loved it, Amber, and our kids loved the kids' ministry. I was like, ah, teamwork. Fast forward six months. And what y'all are about to do, I got to do with Justin. I got to baptize him. Publicly declaring his faith in Jesus Christ. Sometimes we think living a life of faith is like flashy and fancy, but sometimes it's just go mow the lawn and be a friend. Because you never know how God will use simple moments where you bring grace and truth into a setting. I realize that for some of us, 2020 has been brutal. And I don't, we, we can't minimize that. I think sometimes we're so quick to hurry into what's next. It's okay for us to say, man, we empathize, we grieve. And yet we also know in the midst of it, God is still good. And we learn some things in seasons of difficulty that I don't think we can in seasons of plenty. But as you're thinking about what does it look like to actually be a man or woman of faith rather than fear, I want to remind you of something that I think is critical. See if I can work this. Now, what I want to do here is uh, just kind of take a picture of my best friend. Yep, that's you, Joey. Just kidding. It's Joanne. So how many of y'all remember these? How many are old enough to remember the wide ones? So what happened was when I was a kid and grew up, these came out and they're like, no way, a picture? I know your phone takes like, 14k quality now I get it right you can like scroll through the 70 and choose one and then you filter it because you're like oh I don't look right okay but this was cool back in the day and what would happen is this is shocking to some of you there's a picture inside of here and what happens is we take a picture and we immediately expect it to be developed and full and vibrant and beautiful and so we want to hurry the process there's someone somewhere along the way started shaking these do you know what that does Nothing. There's a chemical reaction going on inside. You're not helping the chemicals. But happen, what, what critical to hear is this. Sometimes it feels like there's a de- delay in the development, but God is actually developing you. There's a process that you have to go through. We want to hurry it. This, this was the other thing people do. They would shake it. <laughs> the other thing they do... You're blowing on plastic. You're not helping anything. Listen, in our faith journey, sometimes we're doing this. God, I had prayed for him to call me for a long time now. Or you say, I've been battling addiction and I feel like I just, I can't shake it. I I want you to know this. There's things God's doing as you lean into faith rather than fear on the inside that's creating beauty through your life. I can't hurry this. But over time, this is gonna become more and more in focus. And the beauty that's on this picture is gonna be evident. And I I wanna remind us, this is Galatians 6, 9. And I finished with this. Do not become weary in doing good. Paul writes to the church in Galatians, he says, don't become weary. What he's saying is don't quit too soon. Let the picture develop. Don't become weary in doing good, for at the proper time you'll reap a harvest if you do not give up. Listen, let's, let's race into 2021 
as women and men of faith, not fear. Let's let God do in us and through us what only he can. And just trust the process because over time it will be revealed. Would you bow your head across this room and online? God, I pray the grace and truth of Christ would be evident and revealed in the life of every person in this gathering and watching online. We believe this, Jesus. You're not our last hope. You're our only hope. So we don't look to something or someone other than you. We anchor ourselves. We choose you as our foundation of faith. And even now, we pray that the things that marked 2020, that we say, that's not me, that's the old me, God, that you would turn the page, you would begin to write a fresh chapter of grace and truth and peace and purpose and destiny for us. And we pray over Journey, over JJ and Liz and the team, that your grace and your favor would rest upon them. God, may the, the days ahead of them be greater than the days behind them. To the glory and the praise of God the Father. And everybody said, amen. God bless you, Journey. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.